This is the Open to Alchemy podcast, and I'm your host, Lauren Ivey. I'm so excited to have you here joining these conscious conversations about the transformation that's possible for all of us. My approach to spirituality has always been part woo and part work. So in this podcast, we talk about all the incredible spiritual modalities and add in a bunch of practical things that really make it fit into our lives. I can't wait for you to join me. Hey everyone, welcome to the Open to Alchemy podcast. I'm your host, Lauren, and you are in for such a treat with this episode. It's with my dear friend, Emily Toledo, who is an incredible astrologer. She is a beautiful yoga teacher, a cosmic coach, and just an all-around amazing human and incredible resource for all things metaphysical. This episode, we talk about so many different astrology concepts, diving into the birth chart and bigger connections that can be found in astrology. We talk about the sun, moon, and rising elements. We talk about aligning with the moon cycles and different qualities of the moon and so many fun and expansive elements. I cannot wait for you to listen. I am so happy to have you here. You are my astrology go-to, and I can't think of the number of times that I text you throughout the weeks and the months to ask you what is happening based on how I'm feeling. So thank you for being here. Well, thank you for those moments because it just kind of renews my love of how astrology can connect us, you know, and, and you're so tuned in to what's going on around you and how it's making you feel. And you're very just kind of plugged into all of that already. But when you reach out and say, oh my gosh, this is my day. What in the heck is going on? I just, I love it. I love being able to connect with you in that way and, and have those, those relevant and inspired conversations. Well, that's one of the things that I find so interesting about astrology is that there's the personal aspect and then there's the collective aspect. So starting at the way top level, or maybe is it the micro level, we each have a birth chart, right? Right. And that is what's happening in the sky at the exact moment of your birth. Yes, that's right. So everybody's birth chart, it's also called a natal chart. Everyone's birth chart is, it's its kind of like a clock. It's, it's a time stamp of the exact moment you're born. In order to accurately pull a birth chart, I do need the exact time of birth. And in fact, twins born just a couple of moments apart from each other will have different birth charts. But it's a, a glimpse into where everything was in our known universe the minute you took your first breath. So I like to say that it is your cosmic thumbprint. It is very unique to you. And it is something that acts as a sort of set of blueprints. And it unveils itself over time, over the course of your life. So so I, I really see it as being a bit of a roadmap that we can all follow to learn more about our purpose and why we are the way that we are and why things, you know, compared to others might be really easy for us or might be really challenging for us. It all is in there. And so like the human design system, your birth chart, your natal chart doesn't change, but what's happening 
in the collective astrology space does change and then your chart is would you say it's interacting with that or how does that play together yeah exactly the the birth chart is pretty static it just is a glimpse into where things were the minute you were born however everything is always moving so as the planets are moving and the signs are shifting and things are um, interacting with your natal placements, it creates a conversation around as of today, this is what's happening. And this is how it's kind of lining up with or pinging your chart. And it creates a bit of an energetic conversation. So I think that taking a foundational approach, really just kind of learning about your natal placements um, is, is really helpful. And then to take it further and say, okay, well, what's actually happening today? And how is it interacting with your natal chart and how might it be making you feel and what are some ways that you can lean into the energy and what are some ways that you can kind of just minimize and forgive the energy everything's temporary right but um yeah there's there's such a layered approach to astrology and and I love it and honestly when you mentioned that it there is a collective part in all of this 100% absolutely i started really studying astrology in march of 2020 and um at a time when things were very confusing and scary i overheard a podcast conversation with a woman named Carrie Johnson she goes by star crow astrology she is my mentor uh and she was talking about how these cycles these massive cycles that you can trace back through time and history and and, you know, astrology basically is the study of cycles. You know, it's it's studying the planetary movements and seeing how the energetic uh, components kind of impact us. So Mar March of 2020, it was like finally this conversation put things into context for me. And it really allowed me to feel a little bit of grounding underneath my feet when the world seemed to be moving in such a ungrounded way. I like to remind people that you know we consider it fact that the gravitational pull of the moon is what sets the tides in our vast oceans and we also know as a fact that the human body is at least 60 percent water so it's not much of a stretch to see how what is happening out there impacts us here on earth both individually and collectively so i think that as you study the cycles of the planetary movements and the shifting of the astrological signs, you know, it really can give context to the cyclical patterns in our own lives and in our collective story. Right. And as women, we have known for a long time, we have lived by cycles and how our personal cycles are often attached to what's happening with the moon and even watching animals, how they act in different moon times. And I mean, I think that anything that has been around as long as astrology has and used in as many cultures and civilizations in different areas, it, it has to have so much, you know, weight and respect and credence given to it because it has stood the test of time, right? I mean, people have been using these sorts of observations and understanding more about themselves and what's happening with plants and animals and people around them and, and all these other things. And so it's it's kind of funny to me that 
I mean, I think astrology has been having a moment in quotes for a long time, but I would say probably in the last five to 10 years, and I'm curious your thoughts, how much more mainstream astrology has become. I just see daily articles about it where it potentially was a little bit on the fringe and now it is integral into so many people's practices. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, astrology is the oldest science on earth and our ancient, ancient ancestors looked to the night sky to orient themselves on this spinning ball of rock hurling through space. And they, they relied on the shifting of the stars to create or have an understanding of seasons and when to plant crops and how to live in, in, you know, unison with, with nature. Um, I, I think that astrology has fallen in and out of popular culture favor over our, you know, story of humanity. And there are obvious reasons for that. But I think that we collectively are always looking for meaning. We're always looking for purpose, for an understanding of why. Why are we here? Why is this life, you know, a journey? And um, having the context of the cyclical nature and knowing that, yeah, yeah, we are just on this small rock hurling through space, surrounded by others who happen to be in orbit with us. You know, it definitely allows you to zoom out and um, and take a, a broader view. But astrology for sure is having a moment. I certainly hope it continues. I think people are looking for meaning and a source of spirituality that doesn't feel limiting. It doesn't feel restrictive in any way. And, and, you know, personally, when I give readings to my clients, I like to lean in to the hope of the story. I like to remind everyone that, you know, what astrology is not, is that it is not a tool for fortune telling. It is not a substitute for free will. We all have choice. We all have um, personal responsibility, both to respect and also rise up to. So I love to lean in with just the, the notion of we can really gain a lot of insight into who we are and our purpose. And that, I think, creates a sense of hope in people. And I think right now people are, are looking for some some ancient wisdom, a language that might not speak capitalism, but feels supportive and feels hopeful. And I think there's also something so comforting to know that you are how you are. I mean, there's always the nature versus nurture conversation. There's always, you know, of course, we're a product of our environment and our conditioning and culture and society and friends and family. But there's the other parts of us that are intrinsically part of our design. I saw a meme or a reel yesterday, and it was talking about the different signs on the tennis court. And it was just so funny. So, you know, I'm a Sagittarius, so I totally resonated where when it got to my sign, the person was just like, gosh, it's such a beautiful day outside. Just like, look at this weather, you know, having nothing to do with tennis. And I was just like, oh my God, that's so Sagittarius. And then of course, you know, it went through like 
the ones that are more competitive and the ones that are more emotional and the ones that, and I just think it's, you know, if you, I think it's deeply meaningful. And again, it's really, it has been really supportive to me to understand. And we're going to talk about the, the triad, the sun, moon rising that I know you spend a lot of energy um, focusing on, but to just have that sort of basis, like you said, that foundation of this is why I might have this perspective. This might be the reason why this is the lens that I look at something through. And to me, that's just, it's so fun, but it's also really comforting. And I don't know, I feel like nurtured by it or nourished to know that, yeah, this is just me showing up in, again, the highest expression when possible. And sometimes there's the lower expression. Sometimes there's the shadow side and there's a reason for that too. So tell us about, about the triad. And I think most people would be very familiar with their sun, but I think the moon and the rising or the ascendant are sort of like the next levels where if people are interested, they can really grow in their personal understanding. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, and just to touch on what you said, because I think it was so wonderfully stated, um, we, we have an opportunity with astrology to really understand how we're wired and it's like any type of, um, self-awareness or, or work that we do to understand ourselves. But, you know, with any kind of personal growth work, you learn to become aware of your blind spots, right? You learn the places where you might be on autopilot or the, where you might be unaware. And so it's kind of like flipping a, a light switch and, and getting a clearer sense of your triggers, your reactions, why you behave in a certain situation or why you are the way you are at times. And I think that there's so much power in that level of understanding. And, you know, essentially, I think that astrology is a way to just have a lot more compassion for ourselves and to understand ourselves. And in doing so, we're able to then offer more compassion to other people. And I really, really think that in in today's day and age, compassion is really the only currency, you know, that matters with this new world, this new earth that we're, that we're building. So the way that it works is everyone has what's called your big three or your primal triad, right? And that, that is, those are your sun. So in astrology, we use the geocentric model. Like everyone knows that, that, that we on earth are revolving around the sun, but the geocentric model is that as we're standing on earth, it looks like everything is moving around us. So when we talk about your sun sign, that is from your position here on earth, based on where you were born, um, where the sun was. So what, what sign the sun was in. And then we also talk about your moon sign, where the moon was, what sign the moon was in. And then of course your rising sign or your ascendant and your your, your rising sign is what sign was rising over the horizon when you were born. So that's your primal triad. That's your big three, your sun, moon, and rising. And the sun is, if you if you look in any magazine and look at your horoscope, for the most part, they're talking about your sun sign. The, the sun is like the center of your personality. It's what motivates you. It's what drives you. It kind of fuels the entire chart. 
Your moon sign, however, is how you are wired emotionally. So it's all of your emotional uh, makeup. It's all of your intuitive sense. It's basically your mood averaged over a lifetime. So all of your emotional components, how you're wired emotionally, that's your moon sign. Now your rising sign is essentially your social currency, if you will. It's the mask that you wear. When you walk in a room, it's how you land on people. It's how you appear to others who might not know you personally well. And so you have these three components and together they really kind of create the bulk of your, of your birth chart. And of course, where other planetary objects, points and planets were when you were born also have a conversation. Like for example, where Mercury is, Mercury in um, mythology stories was the messenger, right? So Mercury represents how you communicate, your thinking styles, how you process information, right? So all of the planets and points in your chart add to the story, but your your primal triad is really kind of what anchors the story. And those are what I like to focus on for people who don't have much of a basis of understanding. We really dive in there and it's always really illuminating. And I really did love reading your chart and having the conversation that we did, because as I find with astrology, it's all just so spot on every time. And, and if you had any thoughts on that, I would, I just would love to hear, cause it's been a while now. So you've had some time to reflect and ruminate on it. Oh my gosh. It was so fantastic. And, you know, I've always identified very strongly with the Sagittarius sun. Like that has definitely been something that I've connected with. What I found so interesting is the Taurus moon in many ways is, I don't know if juxtaposed is the right word, or it's very different than the Sagittarius sun. And so as you were talking, I was thinking about how often it is that people's sun and moon feel at odds potentially. And that push and pull is part of their inner workings and part of their the story that they experience in their lives versus other people who might have more similarities in those two things and then don't feel that same angst that the Sag Sun and the Taurus Moon might feel. So I'd love if you would share some light on that. And then the thing that I've been sitting with the most is my rising sign, my Aquarius ascending, which again, I had heard about, and I know one of the apps that we both followed the Chani app, Chani Nicholas uses the rising as her information. Like that's what she bases her daily astrology readings on. And so I was starting to tune into that a little bit within the past year. But for me, that's probably the place that I have felt the most opportunity for growth because it's the place where I maybe have known but not fully stepped into, which I also feel is so Aquarius, <laughs> 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 to, to, to be 
wanting to, you know, tiptoe or dance around or step into that sign feels very, very on brand Aquarius wise. So just chatting about that and how people might feel that same feeling where it's like, that's where they could see a future self being if they were more comfortable, if they were more confident if they really were ready to up level that to me is how I was taking a lot of the the rising conversation yeah well to put things a little bit in context because there are multiple pieces in the puzzle and I like to um, guide my clients to understand things in this way if you were to think of your life as a theatrical play, so you're going to the theater and you're going to watch a performance, the planets are the actors on stage, right? They're the characters in the performance. The signs are kind of like wardrobe. They give the characters personality. They give them some color, some style. And then the houses, which are another component of the natal chart, the houses are like the scenes on stage. So are the characters in a kitchen or are they in a bedroom, right? It's, it's the, the area of life that is being impacted with all of the action that's taking place. And then, of course, you have the um, aspects that are being made between the planets as they're passing each other or as they're moving there. They are interacting in a way. So... When I look at someone's chart, I look at, okay, what sign is the sun in? And then also what house is the sun in? Because that's an important part of the story. The sign that the, that the sun is in is going to give it some color, give it, a, give it um, some wardrobe, if you will, give it personality. And then also the house that the sun is in is going to tell the story of what area of life does your sun shine really well or maybe struggle to shine. Same with the moon, depending on the sign and the house, it's really going to add some context to the areas of your life where either you might feel emotionally aligned or possibly emotionally uh, restricted. Maybe it's it's a challenging area of life where your moon doesn't quite feel as as well as um, as able to be this kind of emotional beacon that it really wants to be for your life. So I like to really kind of put that kind of metaphoric picture in people's minds. But yeah, there's there are ways that the energies that are working in a natal chart can be um, beneficial with each other. And there are ways that can be challenging. And it's always important to me to make it abundantly clear that there's no good or bad. There's absolutely no good or bad. Everything in life, as well as everything in astrology, has a high vibe and a low vibe option. And we, of course, have free will. So with everything that we encounter, with everything that we experience, we have the choice to ride things out on the high end of the of the spectrum or, or take the low road. So it really is, I think, the power in understanding yourself and having the conversation that allows you to see the full picture and then you start to go about your life in a different way. Things that might have been triggers for you, all of a sudden you can see them as they are 
and you can allow yourself to choose a different way. You can allow yourself maybe to have some compassion with that trigger, right? Or you might have kind of internally been wrestling with what you thought was your purpose, but you didn't feel ready or you didn't feel good enough or, you know, that, that maybe there was something in you that, that maybe your dream was too big. And then you get a picture of this, this cosmic blueprint that allows you to see like, actually that is what my purpose is. And now I'm going to step boldly in that direction. It's so heartwarming and wonderful to have conversations with people that then I see turn into inspired action where they Mm -hmm. feel more aligned. They, they they're able to have compassion for and forgive some of the gritty trigger parts of their experience and personality. And then also really feel some confidence around leaning in to a direction that maybe they had thought they wanted to pursue, but didn't feel like it was the right move or didn't feel like they were enough to, to pursue this, this dream of theirs. Like you, I, when I first started studying astrology, it was all about my sun sign. I just thought that my sun sign was, was what was really anchoring my chart. And it, for the most part is specifically, I am a Capricorn sun, but I'm a Taurus moon and a Taurus rising. And so Taurus is very strong in my chart. And when I look to my Taurus kind of components that feels very aligned. And so I, I do look more to my moon and my rising Mm -hmm. sign when I'm looking at a situation or a specific transit that's coming up or a specific situation that I, that I'm in, I lean more in that direction because I know that that that's a bulk of the energy in my, in my chart. So I know that I can, I can look to those energetic components of my personality to, to sort through a situation or to find the, the path that I need. You are absolutely Aquarius, honey. That was not a surprise at all. My friend, when I read your chart, you are exactly where you're meant to be. Oh, I know. It was funny when you were, when you were giving me the information, I was like, wow, it did resonate on a much deeper, more intuitive level, I would say. But what I was going to ask you is, so if somebody is listening and maybe has not fully resonated with their son archetype, it potentially is because maybe that's the only planet they have in their sign. And like you're saying, they might have a whole bunch of other energy in other places that they maybe just feel more aligned with. That's right. And, and the, the planets do kind of have some favorable places to be and some less than favorable places to be in the chart. So sometimes someone's sun might be in a specific sign where it's just not functioning very strongly. And so again, having a conversation around that can give some context into these are ways that you can lean in to kind of bolster what might not feel very strong um, energetic wise. But yeah, it's there's it's kind of like all of the ingredients are are in the zodiac. They're in the the natal chart and and we're handed the recipe card. And we are it's it's our it's our job to make the recipe. So knowing which ingredients are going to be the most flavorful and the ones that we want to omit or 
have some forgiveness of then the you know that's that's the free will conversation that's that's where we become the ones who are steering the ship and and living the life so how do you feel like knowing your signs knowing the houses knowing the placements all of that cuz to me it does feel very inspiring and not that I'm waiting for permission but like we've talked about earlier I think a lot of people myself included are seekers are looking for meaning are looking for some sort of a system to understand why or to help guide us or to sort of push us in a direction that maybe we haven't felt empowered to step into what do you think it is uh, that draws people, certain people to astrology? And also what, what is it about that? Like seeing it on the sheet of paper that says, yes, you're an Aquarius rising. So you are going to feel potentially X, Y, Z. Is it just self doubt that we have been experiencing? Is it just the mystery of it all? What is it that we, that we are needing to get from this system that pushes us forward because I, I completely agree having the reading with you. I did all of a sudden feel like taking more inspired action. It did activate and sort of bubble up some things. Yeah. Well, without getting into too much of the, the not so high vibe conversation, you know, we live in a society that benefits from telling us who not to be and there's a prescribed path for most of us that really is just about assimilation. And um, that works well enough for people who don't question or who aren't seeking. But I think we as human beings on this planet, all of us over the last 10 or so years, are there is a huge shift in consciousness happening on our planet. People are are expanding their consciousness in, in ways that our species has never experienced before. And with that comes questions and questioning this, the old world order and questioning why we are in this system that isn't really supporting us. And um, I think that astrology can offer a sense of reassurance that mm -hmm. we are not victims of our circumstances. We are not victims of our society. We are in fact, co-creators of our reality and we are co-creators of our life. And so I think that astrology is such a wonderful resource for anyone who is in a place of wondering, is this all, is this, is this, is this it, you know, and, um, being able to understand how you as a very specific individual are, are wired mm -hmm. and, and to have compassion for not only the high vibe, but also the low vibe parts of a personality or a part of our circumstances. Um, it gives us a lot of freedom and it gives us a lot of um, context you know, the, the age old question that I think our species has been asking ever since the dawn of civilization is like, why are we here? What is the purpose of this life? Mm 
And astrology is one of many conversations that can offer people that perspective and that context. And I think that, you know, with some self-awareness and with the kind of just personal growth um, movement, astrology is a, is a tool to mm -hmm. allow people to have more self uh, awareness, to have those moments of reflection, and then to clear out the clutter of so much of the conditioning that we've been given over our lives of, of what we should do, who we should listen to, what we shouldn't do. And um, I, I think, unfortunately, that we do live in a very restrictive society. And so astrology is a way to kind of start to push against those growth edges and to start to come up with some narratives for ourselves that feel more inspiring and aligned with who we know ourselves to be on the inside. I think everybody has a lot more intuition than they have been led to believe or accept. And intuition is that voice that doesn't yell, you know, it very much whispers, but the more you can understand yourself as an individual, as a sacred individual in this, this planetary, you know, game that we're playing, um, the, the more we can really connect to our intuition. And, and with that gives us a bit of a, a directional pull. I've had so many conversations, especially lately. I, I think that there is something shifting for a lot of us. I've had so many conversations lately that resulted in someone seeing their chart and understanding for the first time and feeling this sense of freedom that this maybe this pipe dream that they they'd always wanted to pursue but just didn't feel like they were capable or didn't feel like it was appropriate and now they're boldly taking steps forward in that direction and that's so exciting to me because i think that we all do have a very important role to play and um the sooner we can align with what we feel on the inside and who we know ourselves to be on the inside and start to quiet the noise of society that tells us who we should be and what we should do. We're going to make a big impact on this, on this earth and it's needed. It's like the time is now, you know, we're, we're stepping up because the time is now. Yeah. It feels a lot to me. Like it gives you a, a key to unlocking potential, right? Things Absolutely. that we have suspected or like you're saying heard the intuitive whispers and it does give you that opportunity to to push yourself to say well this is what's possible i kind of knew it but now i really have a better understanding of myself or a better glimpse of myself and again it's not for everybody. There's people that are just going to look at it and not understand it. There's people that are going to look at it and sort of be like, oh, that's cool. Or that's nice. Or yeah, you know, full moon vibes, whatever, <laughs> which I do too sometimes. But, and then I think there's other people that are just going to be more drawn to it and see all of the opportunity that it presents when you are able to again circling back to the beginning not only understand yourself and your own natal chart better but I think it's so fascinating to be able to tap in to that bigger conversation 
it's full moon in Leo or new moon in Virgo or all of these things that I, you know, barely scratch the surface of understanding. But if I'm paying attention to my body and I'm really sitting with myself, I will experience the fire of something or the optimism of something or the motivation, the energy to do something. And then conversely, I can definitely feel at times more withdrawn or more introspective. And I think understanding a little bit more of what's happening from that global or universal scale does exactly what you're saying. It takes it out of sort of our personal experience and and allows us to take away some of that self-judgment that we might feel well why am I feeling so emotional or where's my motivation and be able to understand that maybe we are tapping into something and if we can learn to ride with that feeling (laughs) rather than constantly fighting against it I think would be Um, I would love to be able to tap into that personally on a more aligned basis because, you know, the days when you're feeling the energy to be able to line up your day, use the energy, be creative, be productive. And then the days that you're not feeling it, be able to, again, be more introspective, be withdraw, nourish yourself, do what you need to do and not feel the shame and guilt around the ebb and flows that we all feel. I mean, I think that would be really life-changing for me. And I think a whole bunch of other people who are trying to fit themselves into a system where they are potentially always feeling counter to the energy that they're experiencing. Right. Well, and there are so many different ways that we could carry this conversation specifically because yes, we live by the man-made calendar, you know, 24-hour clock and the calendar that starts in January and ends in December, but that's not how the seasons work. Mm-hmm. That's not how the moon works. The moon is on its own cycle and and the seasons you know in january when everyone's like new year new me and carving out resolutions i mean the rest of the natural world is still hibernating so the natural seasonal calendar starts in march you know and so if, if we pay attention less to these systems that are in place that are keeping industry alive and keeping us going to work 8 hours you know a day kind of thing and start to listen to the ways in which our bodies naturally ebb and flow. Yes, just based on the phases of the moon, there will be days or weeks that we feel more called to slow down and to be more introspective. There are days and weeks out of the month that are best used or best spent planning and 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 getting kind of ready for the action, but, but we are not meant to be in this constant state of 24 hour a day, constant news cycle, constant, you know, work schedule, you know, that's just not how the rest of the natural world world operates. And that's not how we are meant to operate. So I love that you're already picking up on these subliminal kind of in tune messages within yourself. And I, I encourage everyone to, you know, if you wake up and feel 
like you want to have a slower day, just honor that. You know, we are so taught to grind and hustle and push and achieve. And there are absolutely times for that, but we don't have to fit ourselves into this uh, schedule that requires us to be on all of the time. And I have found that as I continue to align myself with the the moon schedule, the phases of the moon, and also Mother Nature's, you know, seasons and such, I just feel like I'm in so much more of a flow with nature. And I'm allowing myself to ebb and flow the way that seasons ebb and flow, the way that every other natural species on this planet, you know, ebbs and flows. So there's a whole conversation there to be had around the power and the the magic of allowing yourself to step outside of grind culture, step outside of this need to achieve and work and hustle all the time and and listen to the the nudges that we get from within. I mean, there's there's something to be said for waking up and just being tired all day. It's because your body needs rest. It's not because you're lazy. It's because your body needs rest and allowing yourself to kind of align more so with the natural rhythms of the world, I think will have a profound impact. It certainly had a profound impact on my life. I'm feeling so fired up at this exact moment that I... I really want to do it. I really want to do it. I want to, I mean, I'm so fortunate that I have, that I work for myself, that I have created a container for my business, my passions, my purpose to sort of all blend together. And so I feel really blessed, but also a sense of responsibility that if I have this opportunity to follow what you're saying, and really move and create my schedule in that way, how would someone like me go about doing that? How Because there is a predictability, right? Like mm-hmm. if you're looking ahead, you will know that this week is good for this or this month is good for this. So how does someone like me, exactly me, <laughs> asking for a friend, me, go about doing that. Like, let's say I was to say starting March 1st, this is going to be the way that I now approach setting up my life, my business, where I have the flexibility, obviously, you know, have a family, I have all the different things going on in my life, school schedule, husband's work, et cetera, et cetera. How does, how would that come into play? Well, The easiest approach, I would say, is to learn about the moon's schedule, right? So the moon goes through its own phases throughout the course of, let's say, a month. Certain phases of the moon are going to be wonderful times for inspired action, getting out there, running, exercising, all that, right? Um, Other phases of the moon are absolutely more times for being a little bit more introverted, for planning, for um, resting and reflecting. So being able to, and now I'm inspired to start to share some more of this information because I see that it's wanted. um, Yes, please. (laughs) Yes, I will. I will. So if you, if you simply just wanted to start paying attention to the phases of the moon and kind of moving in that direction of. And I I get it. We live in capitalism, so you can't take a whole week off work, right? But like you could 
structure your day in a way where you're feeling a little bit more aligned. So example, we have the Aquarius new moon. New moons are a wonderful time to reflect, plan, plant a seed, if you will, think about goals, think about what you want to do in the coming month, right? And then as the moon starts to grow and work its way toward becoming the full moon, these are all times where you can actively start to work on these projects, work on these goals, start to cross things off your to-do list, really start to move in that direction. And then of course, with the full moon, you're going to be honoring the culmination of the seeds that you planted at the new moon. So you're really working toward this crescendo and you look up at the sky and the full moon and it's this gorgeous, big, bright, glowing, you know, orb in the sky. And that's a wonderful time to celebrate and to put your projects out into the world to release things. Full moons are a great time to write, to put things out there, to, to announce, right? And then the moon starts to get smaller and it starts to move back toward that new moon phase. So then those are times to start wrapping up loose ends, putting the final touches on a project, getting things all buttoned up. And when you get back to the new moon, there you go. You're going to rest. You're going to reflect. You're going to plan what you want to do next. So there's a natural cycle that you can follow just by following the phases of the moon. And then beyond that, if you want to take your personal astrology, your personal astrological story and look at what of the, what are the current transits that are coming through and and maybe pinging your chart in a certain way like you might have a really supportive transit that you're going to be able to work with for 30 days, 2 months, however long it is and and that is additional information that you can use to work with similarly you might have a pretty gnarly transit coming up where you're just going to be in a place of feeling not, not so high vibe energy and just being able to have the awareness can give yourself so much compassion and understanding and context that you can say, oh my gosh, this is a temporary thing and it will pass and I will feel better or I will have more energy or I will not feel like everyone hates me, <laughs> you know? So, so there are so many ways that you can align both with just simply living in accordance with the natural seasons, the phases of the moon, and also some of your specific astrological signatures and timestamps that are coming and passing and ebbing and flowing at all times. So I, I love knowing that it's all available to us mm. and that in a way, I feel like when we start to lean into the natural rhythms of the world, we really are drawing a line in the sand and saying, you know, I will not be a slave to the society that I live in. I will not be a servant to this grind culture. I'm going to honor the natural rhythms of my body and my being based on what's happening on the planet that we you know, rely on so heavily. There's a reason why we're here. And I think the more aligned we are with the energetic and seasonal and, and just kind of like natural rhythms of our planet, the, the more in resistance we can be toward this grind culture that expects everything all at once. Yeah. I'm tired of that. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm like a big middle finger to all of that. And I find that the more aligned I am with my natural flow, the easier it is to do my work. The more I tap into what I'm feeling in the moments of creation, 
whatever that looks like throughout the day, the better I feel just in general, the less emphasis I put on the results, on the expectation, on the output, on the validation, the more I'm just able to be in my natural essence in my in my jam in my sort of element it's just so much more beneficial to me in so many ways I work faster I'm able to say and do and create more efficiently more effectively it's not that you're it's not that you're shutting down it's not that you're putting the close sign up it's that it's when you're doing it at the time that feels the best it's flowing just so much more naturally. The other question I wanted to ask, I love, love, love following the moon, the guidance to do that. And, and that's so readily available, like you said. I mean, it's, it's happening. It's in the sky. We can all look and see what's going on. But the, the next layer of that is the moon being in the different signs, right? And so each time it's in a different sign, then that it gives it what? It gives it a quality. It gives it different elements to look for. Like when it says new moon in Virgo, what does that actually mean? Right. Well, remember the analogy that I gave where you're going to the theater and you're yeah. watching a play, right? So the moon is a planet. So the planets are the characters on stage and the signs are wardrobe. So depending on what sign the moon is going to be in, it's going to give it a different, a different characteristic, a different, um, color, a different kind of personality. Let's take new moon and Aquarius. Um, Aquarius is radically different. Aquarius is not following the crowd. Aquarius is speaking up for the, for the little guy and fighting for the underdog and championing for everyone to have an equal seat at the table. So tomorrow's new moon could feel very much so like a new beginning in a radically different direction, right? A a change or kind of like a, a confirmation of our own, a way to lean into our own unique essence, our own unique contribution in the world. So radically accepting the parts of us that might go against the status quo, radically accepting the parts of us and the ideas with it being a new moon, like radically accepting the ideas that we have that might go against status quo or that might be considered to be fringe. It's a radically different way of looking at our ideas, our contribution, the things that we want to put out into the world. So it's kind of like a bit of a mathematical equation where you have the planet and then you have the sign and how do they, how do they work together? What qualities do each of them add to the equation? And then we could take it a step further personally. And Lauren, I would have to look at um, your chart to see this, but where is the moon in your chart and where is Aquarius in your chart? And where is this new moon as in the one that's happening tomorrow? Where is it landing in your chart? So that will give you an idea of the house and the area of your life that you can specifically lean into with this, with this new moon. So it's, it's definitely layered mm -hmm. and every quality, every energetic quality is different based on the sign or based on the, the planet or point that we're talking about, but it really is an opportunity, I think, 
to allow ourselves to take a step out of the matrix. You know, it really is an opportunity for us to start to question the cage that we're in, question the boundaries that have been given to us, question the status quo. And the further we can lean into the natural rhythms that, that are available to us, the, um, the more aligned we'll be. I almost said the more productive we'll be, but this is not about productivity. This is about <laughs> Unless flow. we want it to be. <laughs> this is about aligning with the natural rhythms. And there's, there's nothing to say that taking a couple of days to be more introspective and to spend on planning or reflection are not going to be the most productive parts of the entire process. It's when we're able to slow down and have some context and have some reflection that we're able to really then ramp up and be more aligned when we decide to take actual inspired action. It's powerful. And I'll go as far as to say that I feel like this is where this is where the revolution lies. This is where people are starting to align more so with nature and the natural rhythms of the universe and less and less with this systematic thing that has just been structured around us that we've always just been told to obey and follow and grind. So um, it's it's a very compelling story. And I think that we all have an opportunity to make our own slight shift in a way that collectively is a bit of a, um, a swell. Yeah. And if somebody has never had a reading, I mean, yes, yes, yes. And for people that have had a reading do it again because <laughs> it's it's different you're different you see things differently you experience things differently and i think also when you're in a period of introspection or self discovery or transition or wondering what the future holds in terms of your potential i mean there's so many different reasons to get to get a reading and to just get more information about yourself. I think anybody that is feeling a pull towards authenticity, towards more alignment, towards independence, towards freedom, towards sovereignty, towards, I mean, and also it's just fun. It's just fun to learn more about yourself and know who you are from this completely different perspective. I mean, to me, there's only excitement and positivity and possibility but maybe that's just my Sagittarius <laughs> maybe that's like Sagittarius <laughs> thank you so much for sharing so much wisdom so oh many God. levels how can everybody find you and work with you well, I am, of course, on Instagram. Um, my handle is whole.sum.living. And I also have a website that people can visit if they would like to learn more about uh, having a chart reading. It is thisiswhywegather.com. Um, and I honestly, I, I love, this is me stepping into who I am always secretly wanted to be, but didn't think it was possible. So I love connecting with people on an astrological standpoint, because it also reinforces the fact that I am standing in my truth and I am offering this to the world, which is something that I feel very, very called to do and grateful to be able to do. But um, 
it's, it's definitely such a gift. And I love talking with people who have no idea whatsoever what the conversation is even going to be like. And then I also have people who already know about their kind of foundational astrological story, but are very curious about what is happening in this year of 2024. Why do things that, you know, feel so crazy. So there are so many different conversations that, that um, can be had and I'm here for all of it. So Lauren, my dear friend, thank you so much for giving me time and space to talk about with this with you. I really feel like reading your chart and having the conversation, I just feel so much closer to you. And I love seeing how you're moving through the world now. And I'm, I'm one of many people cheering you on. So thank you for being so open to these conversations and bringing them to our reality, because without you, so many of these conversations would not be taking place. So thank you. Oh my gosh. Thank that is thank you. I'm going to <laughs> accept that compliment and not push it away. I'm going to receive it because that's what we are doing in 2024. Yes. And thank you for sharing, for your knowledge, for your wisdom, for your passion. I feel like your your take on things, the the lens that you see things with is so it's so beautiful. It's so inspiring. It's so empowering. You shined a light on who I am in a way that I was not able to see on my own. And that is a really meaningful, powerful, and special thing. So thank you. And thank you for all of this. Thank you all so much for listening to the Open to Alchemy podcast. You can find more about me on all the social places, Instagram, Facebook, Clubhouse, at open.to.alchemy, that's open, the word T-O, alchemy, or at my website, opentoalchemy.com. See you next time.